and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC Traffic and Transit. on the FDR drive southbound in the 70s that is causing delays both ways the westbound cross Bronx is slow from the Bronx River Parkway out to the GW and you have construction on the Bruckner as well as Bruckner Boulevard both ways near Sheridan Boulevard five to ten minutes inbound upper deck of the George Washington Bridge ten minutes into the city at the Lincoln Tunnel 15 in at the Holland Tunnel 10 to 15 on the New Jersey bound side also watch for delays on the Cross Island Parkway both ways near Northern Boulevard I'm Lou Adams, Talk Radio 77 WABC. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in It's Sunday afternoon at noon, and that means that I'm going to be bending your ear for the next hour. I'm Dick Morris. Just want to talk to you about what's going on in the country today. Uh, this is really a, a, a very mixed weekend. On the one hand, our nation took a gigantic step toward bankruptcy, uh, financial bankruptcy, but then a very large step away from moral bankruptcy uh, when Rittenhouse got his not guilty verdict, uh, which he richly deserves to be found not guilty. Basically, when you think about Rittenhouse, you got to understand what Billy Joel said about himself. I'm only willing to hear you cry because I am an innocent And the way you know he's an innocent man is that he ran away. Uh, he didn't advance towards his attackers. He didn't go after them and attempt to hunt them down. He ran in the other way. When you're, when you're going after someone, you go forward. When you want to run away, you go backward. And when you go backward, you can't be convicted of, of being aggressive in murder. I think that we have to understand that basically he was, uh, he was a runaway. Run away and save your life. That's what this <laughs> poor kid did. And think of the environment outside that courthouse. There were people all over the place tr- wanting to get at them, wanting to start a riot, wanting to go completely crazy, wanting, to, you know, there were leftover arsonists from Kenosha who wanted to burn something new down. And all he did basically was run through the jungle. But seriously, I think that this is a very significant verdict politically uh, for all kinds of reasons. The first is 
that it is the most publicized and most famous of the political prosecutions that this administration and this justice system is attempting to bring. As they're not going after criminal criminals effectively, they're going after political dissidents very effectively. You have the attorney general calling parents who object to pornography being given to their children. <laughs> He's calling them domestic terrorists. Amazing. And then you have the... Um, and then you have the uh, prosecutions of Steve Bannon uh, and probably the other members of the Trump team. Uh, basically, this January 6th committee uh, is set up to subpoena witnesses, bring them in, and then once they're there, either go after them for perjury if what they say doesn't agree with the opinions of the members of the committee or if they don't show up because they don't want to walk into that trap of uh, of contempt of Congress. So it's basically a vehicle to criminalize being for Donald Trump. And then you have the uh, the whole focus on, on criminalizing dissent in this country, uh, kicking you off the air, kicking you off the internet, uh, banning the president of the United States, for God's sakes, from broadcasting over his opinions over the internet. Uh, and... Really, this says that political persecution runs into a wall. By the way, put Paul Gosar, the congressman uh, from Arizona who's accused of, uh, of, of wanting to kill AOC because he did a comic strip basically about it. Uh, this is all criminalizing speech, uh, and this is all criminalizing political speech. By the way, I want to introduce my buddy Doug DePiro, who's here with me today, and the music that we're doing in the show is often is largely picked out by Doug, who is an artist and a musician. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Doing good, doing fine. The uh, and then Janine Pirro came before me, made I thought a really good point on her show, which is that this this case uh, clearly establishes the right of self defense, very much like the case in Florida where the issue was. Uh, are you allowed to stand your ground at your house and protect yourself when people are coming in to rob you or potentially kill you? Uh, or the case in Missouri where this mob was outside of this guy's house and he brought out a gun and brandished it uh, to get them to go away and stop bothering him, stop haunting him, and stop possibly threatening him. And uh, in these cases, you really have to say, hey, this is no longer a prosecution based on evidence and based on the law. This is an attempt to use prosecution to squelch and rein in political speech. And the point Janine makes is that when you exercise your right of self-defense, and it is a right, uh, and you are using a firearm to do that, that is a responsible thing to do. That is something that is totally reasonable to do. Remember what the first thing that the Hitler regime did in Germany was to confiscate the guns of all Jews. And that initial act of disarmament, uh, I think, is always a precursor to tyranny. Now, a lot of my friends, my former friends, when I worked for Clinton, roll their eyes at this point and they say, come on, are you really saying that the government is going to attempt to you know, squelch people and criminalize people for saying stuff and that you need a gun to protect yourself. And right now my answer to it is, hell yes, <laughs> absolutely, you got it right. 
and uh, and I think that the these prosecutions show that in a very major way. Now, while this while all this was going on, Congress was passing, at least the House was passing this voluminous, gigantic infrastructure bill. While there's such clear evidence that that we're forcing inflation on the country, we're pumping too much money into the economy, and the inflation is not only stimulating demand, it's retarding supply because people can't make the products that people want to buy, can't ship the food, can't grow the food, can't uh, do anything because inflation itself has them paralyzed, particularly the inflation of uh, of food prices and, and of energy prices. So now we have the the Congress voting or the House voting for this massive program of construction, and it's essentially just to provide uh, jobs for unions and uh, and to do everything they can uh, to create an army of people that will end up voting Democratic. They'll be marching into the polling place just like a chain gang. I want to meet the guy that wrote the lyrics to that song. Oof. That's, ah, that's the guy I oof, want to meet. Ah. <laughs> and, and how did he spell it when he was <laughs> typing it out? <laughs> how do you spell uh? <laughs> As opposed to ah. Oof. Yeah, right. It reminds me of a very cute story. When I was working in Massachusetts for a, a tax limitation effort called Prop Two and a Half that said that you could not raise property taxes to more than 2.5% of the value of a home. And uh, it was right after Prop 13 in California, and it passed. And it still is the law in Massachusetts, and it's the one relief they have from horrible taxation there. My polling showed that everybody wanted, on the one hand, to cut taxes, but on the other hand, were very worried that this would hurt education and would hurt the government and the citizens of the state. So in explaining this to my media guy, a guy named Tony Schwartz, who passed away, but was this incredible media genius and really my mentor, I said, you know, this is kind of like the fear of pre- the joy of sex versus the fear of pregnancy. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one cause it entails the other, and you basically have to say, go with the joy, not with the fear. So he did an ad... 10-second television commercial where the word taxes gets larger and larger and larger and then smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> and he had a woman's voice. His wife had a very sexy voice. And the audio for it was something like, Oh, oh no. Ah, uh, ooh. Ah, ooh, yeah. That's better. Okay. <laughs> it's a 10-second ad. <laughs> <laughs> and it was essential to passing the thing. It was like one of the most incredible heads in And he got away history. with it. And he got away with it. Yeah, right. Well, we won. <laughs> incredible. Uh, but but here I think that we really are looking at uh, the joy of sex versus the fear of pregnancy. The joy of sex, the, the money that's going out, the subsidies, the really cool stuff, pre-K education, all of that. 
But the fear of pregnancy is that with all this money going out there, there's going to be inflation, mm. and they're essentially going to be putting money in your right pocket and just taking it out of your left pocket. Biden's theory really seems to be that he can outrun inflation, that he can so hype the demand and so put money into people's pockets so that their incomes rise faster than the costs rise. But what he doesn't get is that the inflation itself forces the cost to rise because he can't produce the products to meet the demand. You can't produce the cars, and therefore the price of cars goes up. And it doesn't help that people want to go to the store and buy cars because there aren't any available. It's like the old Russian game where the people in Eastern Europe said, we pretend to work and they pretend to pay us. (laughs) That's really what they said. We pretend to work and we don't really do anything. And they pretend to pay us. They pay us in money that we can't spend anything with because we can't go to the stores that the Communist Party goes to where all of the products are located. So we go to stores with empty shelves and we have currency that doesn't buy anything. We pretend to work and they pretend to pay us. So I think that – and I think Biden doesn't realize that when you are spending this kind of government money and you are stimulating this kind of inflation – particularly in energy costs, you you can't ever catch up with the demand because the supply is held down by the very inflation that's causing the demand. The only metaphor for this is a dog chasing his tail. You know, you ever had one where the dog runs around like crazy, goes faster and faster, and the damn tail keeps moving away as fast as he can run, and he can never catch his tail. Dumb dog. And he never sits back and understands that that's true. <laughs> and I think that, that that is something we have to teach Mr. Biden. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am. So how's your investment portfolio doing? Would you say that it is accurate to say that in the last 30 days, your investment portfolio has gone up by, not the annual rate, but specifically has gone up by approximately 10 to 12%. In other words, that's an annualized rate of maybe a couple of, maybe 100% uh, or even more. Uh, No, you can't say that. But it is a fact, I'm looking at the computer screen now, that the price of gold on October 21st was 1753, no, 1728, and it is now 1886. So it's gone up 150 points, uh, 150 cents, I guess, or dollars, it's per ounce, dollars, in the last 30 days. And the reason that gold is soaring and and silver too is because people are anticipating uh, and experiencing the inflation. We have been warning about inflation coming and everybody knows that gold and silver are the only real safe havens in the events of inflation. So call the Patriot Gold Group at 800-356-4470. 800-356-4470. Get a no-fee-for-life IRA backed by gold and silver. And and you don't even have to take fees out of the kind of increase that you're getting in value. Uh, 
It's been called by Consumer Affairs the top-rated gold IRA dealer five years in a row. That's Patriot Gold, 800-356-4470. Get in on this uh, before Christmas. So the when we look at the infrastructure bill, it's important that we understand that there are a couple of really major philosophical departures in this bill. The first is that just as they are criminalizing speech and political dissent, they are criminalizing the tax code. Now, it's always been a felony not to pay your taxes and stuff. What they are doing now is they are weaponizing the IRS so they can go after anyone. Now, Lois Lerner lurks in the lurks in my mind, where she targeted conservative groups and cracked down on their having tax-exempt status and let liberal groups skate. But think of the power that the IRS will now have to target who it's going after for tax enforcement. Think of the power that they will have. You know, we like to preserve the fiction in our society that the thing you have to be afraid of is that if you break the law, you get punished by a court and by a judge. But that's not true. You can be punished just as severely by being prosecuted. Uh, the prosec- Being prosecuted, being indicted, screws up your reputation. It screws up your credit rating. It it's, invites shame in the community. Uh, people stop doing business with you. They stop trusting you. And this is now in the unique power, the single hands of the IRS to go and do that. And by adding 86,000 federal tax agents, I mean, that's like adding cockroaches to your house. <laughs> you know, the, the, their ability to go after you and really destroy you is enormous. And we are empowering them. Specifically, the thing that was holding up the the passage of the bill in the House was that the House said that we'll get $400 billion from squeezing taxpayers by enforcement. And the Congressional Budget Office said, no, you're only getting $124 billion. Well, they're both enormous numbers, and the administration is going to work like hell to prove that it was right, which means it has to create entirely new groups of criminals. The Black Lives Matter people say that the drug laws were invented by white, by white supremacists who were trying to lock up black people, strip them of the right to vote, and take away their freedom. And to do that, they made certain drugs and plants, like marijuana, criminal. And by criminalizing a whole class of activity, they were able to lock up 5.2 million people, uh, of whom uh, about three-quarters were black. And while I believe that that population includes murderers, rapists, and thieves, and who richly deserve the punishment, it is clear that giving such a broad net uh, resulted in discriminatory prosecutions uh, for drug offenses, particularly aimed at black people. They got a good case about that. But now we're doing the same damn thing for white blue, for white-collar people, for white, white-collar people, and upscale black people. Uh, If you're making money, if you're successful, you are in the crosshairs of the IRS under this bill. And look at the people who have you in their sights. I mean, Rittenhouse wasn't as endangered as we are. These are people who are members of the labor union 
called the Treasury Employees Union. And they are all radical. Uh, they're damn near communists. They're, for the most part, you saw it in Lois Lerner, her philosophy. If you can go after rich people and redistribute income through your role in the IRS, you are Robin Hood. And you are doing robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. And you're doing social justice in the course of it. So you're talking about a bunch of paid vigilantes who will be dressed up as IRS agents. And the fact that they take the oath of office doesn't mean they're any less vigilante. And they're catalyzed by these revenue estimates. And their goal is to go after you. Now, the answer, people will say, well, don't lie on your tax returns. Okay, folks, let me ask you all a question. Think back to your taxes. Think back to your last tax return. Did every single thing you claim is business entertainment, was it in fact every bit business entertainment? Was it a combination of business and social? Well, if it was a combination, you can't deduct that. Uh, on your transportation stuff, are you accurate to the penny of how much you spent and are you completely accurate that the voyage into the city in the morning had nothing to do with enjoyment or pleasure, and the fact that you went to a play or a movie afterwards is irrelevant. The purpose of the journey at first was to go to work. Think about this and realize how every single person is vulnerable to prosecution by the IRS. I've done a great deal of work in Eastern Europe uh, in fighting communist regimes there, post-communist regimes. And the way these guys work is they get something on everybody. Everybody commits some violation of law technically, and they latch on to it, and they don't let go, and they blackmail them. I'll tell you a story. There's a guy whose name you would instantly recognize, which is why I can't say it, <laughs> uh, who is a prominent uh, wealthy guy in the United States, uh, politically active, strong conservative. And he went and bought a television station in an Eastern European country, and it became the dominant TV station in that country. And the, remain, the, the tax authorities have been on his case ever since uh, and have found stuff that he did that he shouldn't have done, deductions and stuff he shouldn't have taken, partially because the tax rates are so high you can't survive unless you do something like that. And he is paralyzed politically. I was hoping he would join me in supporting the anti-communists, but he can't touch him. He can't go near it because he's terrified of being holed up on charges and spending the rest of his life in a foreign prison cell. Unbelievable. That's what allowing this, this kind of uh, power to go to the IRS really means. Um, let's go to Kenny in Tremont. Hi, Kenny. All right, Mr. Morris, great show as usual, and the music. I mean, he's got to play a little Grand Funk Railroad there, too, to mix it up. Okay. But, uh, um, we'll do. I'm looking at this. Yeah, I'm looking at it this way, because I'm being realistic in this country. You have the hard left in this country who are becoming, no matter what anybody believes, more powerful, more arrogant, and more vicious than ever before. The average person out there cannot deal with this. They don't really totally understand what's going on. Some people will inform themselves. People don't have the time to do this. So basically, it's an open field for the hard left yeah. inside this country. But the point I want to make now is, if we continue with open borders, whether people expiring visas inside this country, people coming to our borders illegally, people coming in this country, even legally, who vote uh, hard left, 
These illegal aliens in this country have created congressional districts. They vote inside of our elections. Yeah, but to me, I've always said that's all Kennedy, the Kennedy, Kennedy, let me stop you right there. Um, I did a survey uh, this week of 1,000 Hispanic voters in the United States, and I found that Donald Trump got 26% of the, of the, the Hispanic vote in 16, got 34% in 2020. And my poll now has him getting 38%. Wow. And you know that he's going to be over 40. You know that if this trend continues and the inflation continues and the hard left demeans America, offending the Hispanic voters, particularly the immigrants, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be over 50. This is going to be a base element of the Republican Party. And by the way, only 22% of the Hispanic vote in the United States are immigrants. Uh, the other 78% were born here. They just have Hispanic names and Hispanic ancestry, just like you may be Irish, but that doesn't mean you, you come from Ireland. And uh, the myth, it, the Democrats devoutly believe what you said is true, Kenny, and they are totally wrong. Are you 65 or older, diagnosed with heart failure, and still experiencing unresolved symptoms? Then this message may be for you. Other symptoms like carpal tunnel syndrome or gastrointestinal problems could be a sign of something more serious, like transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy, or ATTRCM for short. ATTRCM is a rare and life-threatening disease that worsens over time, so it's important to recognize the signs and talk to your doctor. For more information, visit ATTRCMFacts.com. Brought to you by Pfizer. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right Here I am, stuck in the middle with you Well, my favorite caller is on the line, Judith from Brooklyn. Hey, Judith, how are you doing? Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call again. Yep. It's always so nice to me. Thank you. You know something? First of all, I want to give you a reaction um, when I heard the verdict. Based on everything I knew, um, Mr. Morris, in my heart, soul, and mind, I knew Kyle was absolutely innocent on all counts. And, and, and as the jurors kept saying not guilty in a continuous buildup, I emotionally cried out of relief. I literally yeah. cried such tears I can't tell you. I was standing there. I could not believe it. I was crying like my eyes out. It was great. It was yeah. like Kyle represented me. It was like Kyle represented me and all of us law-abiding citizens. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, it's right. like the same thing. It's like it was like we yeah. were on 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 uh, on trial. You know, like that. Yep. He was so innocent. Yep. You know, I have to tell you, Mr. Morris. I want to share something with you that I haven't heard. You know, you have to question this whole concept of these Black Lives Marxists and these corrupt media people and Mayor DeBozo and all these other <laughs> idiots that are, you know, yeah, that are, that are talking about stuff because this was not a hey, racist thing. Is this DeBozo like, out there or, or you, did you just make it up? <laughs> DeBozo. He's, I got a lot of things. I could share a lot of things. Yeah, with but you, did Mr. you make Martin. that up or was that someone thinking yeah. that? Wow. Yeah, that, that's a You want a job as a scriptwriter? And I, I think uh, Judith cheated on us today. She was on the Rudy show, weren't you, Judith? Yes, I was. Oh, I called good. about something else, but good. I did mention Black Lives yeah. Marxists. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I, I heard that. I heard that. Now, listen, I, I don't want to interrupt you because your stuff is so good, but there's a fact I need to share with you. Do you know that in the stimulus bill, this infrastructure bill, Biden, has the House has just passed? They are giving money to the media, to their media allies, to uh, all of the media organizations 
New York Times, Washington Post, ABC, NBC, CBS. Uh, they're giving them, they're giving everybody a little bit. Give a little bit. <laughs> what this bill provides is that in a media organization that has uh, up to – that you it can take tax credits for up to 1,500 of its employees and it's refundable so the company gets the money if the, uh, if the tax credit doesn't work because they're not paying enough taxes – equal to 50% of the salary of everybody making $50,000 a year. So if so basically you have 1500 people and if they're making $50,000 a year each the company can get 25,000 of it refunded by the government that half the salary paid for. Uh so uh if you make 150 of it is eligible for the credit, and you get a quarter of the fifty, half of the fifty, a quarter of the total back. Massive payoff to the media companies. It basically says you can. It really basically says if you're paying someone a hundred thousand uh, bucks, twenty five thousand of that's going to be paid by the government. You're paying them fifty, half of it, twenty five thousand, is going to be paid by the government. This is a giveaway to the media, an absolute bribe. Um, not just a uh, payoff, but a bribe. It really is money for nothing. That ain't working. That's the way you do it. You play the guitar on the MTV. That ain't working. That's the way you do it. Money for nothing and your chicks for free. Money for nothing. Well, I don't think it's money for nothing. I think that... They richly deserve those bribes, given what they've done for the for the politicians and for Biden and the left. Bear in mind that you probably never heard this before. And it's not that you don't follow the news. It hasn't been in the news. Uh, this was revealed by Fox News. Nobody else has it. Nobody else went through it. And uh, it's in the bill. It's sitting there. And why is Manchin going to approve this bill? Because his wife is getting a billion dollars under the bill. When Biden took office, he appointed Manchin's wife to be in charge of the Appalachian Regional Commission. And that's a multi-state body of 13 states that promotes economic development in Appalachia. And this bill gives that commission a $1 billion appropriation. It's only had a couple of million in the past. This is a gigantic expansion. And Mrs. Manchin will be able to determine who gets that money and pass it out like Christmas presents. Unbelievable. What do you think that's going to do to Manchin's political base in West Virginia when he can basically spend a billion dollars bribing wow. his own voters? It's it's unbelievable. So don't say it's money for nothing. <laughs> it's, in fact, a pretty shrewd political bargain. Um, now, I think that it's really important that we understand that the economy is now gripped by inflation and the, your investments, the money that you have invested is shrinking by last year, the value of the dollar dropped by 12%. Uh, 
So how much are you making on your portfolio? If you're making 30%, you're not. Uh, you're making you're making 18%. You're losing 12%. It's like running like the hamster on the treadmill. He thinks he's going very fast, but in fact, he's just staying in one place. And that's what inflation is doing to us. So when you invest in, uh, in a regular investment denominated in dollars, you are being robbed at the rate of 12 last year, and this year it's going to go much higher than 12, probably 40 or 50% decline in the value of the dollar. So why are you doing that? Invest in gold and silver, uh, which is a safe haven against inflation. And uh, the price of gold and silver doesn't go up like that uh, because they stopped making the stuff. You know, only God can print gold. Uh, the, <laughs> I love it. The Federal Reserve Board can print money, but only God can print gold. <laughs> so call the Patriot love Gold it. Group at 800-356-4470. 800-356-4470. By the way, um, I just made a very significant purchase of gold. Um, because I believe my own ads here, 800-356-4470. So we have the bribe to the media companies, which is how, which they're not reporting, and we have the bribe to Mrs. Manchin, while she's not, uh, which, which they're also not really covering. And that bribe is in this bill. If, if the bill is defeated, she loses a million dollars. So I don't know if you're married or what your relationship with your wife is, but, you know, if you stand between her and a, and a billion dollars, I'm not sure your marriage is going to last very long. <laughs> In fact, I'm not even sure your life is going to last very long. And I don't think that Joe Manchin is up to testing that particular thing out. Now, while this is going on, the public is getting the fact that there's massive inflation and that it's caused... Uh, by Joe Biden and his policies. And uh, when you look at his poll numbers, there is a phrase that I could go with, sliding Biden. (laughs) Slip sliding away, slip sliding away. You know the nearer your destination, the more you slip sliding away. Slippery Joe. Yeah, slip sliding away is what Biden is doing. Uh, when you compare his polling, we all know the polling is dropping. But, oh my God, is it dropping. Uh, when you compare his polling right now with his polling forty at 60 days ago on September 20th of this year, on September 20th, he had 45% job approval. Now he has 41% job approval. And in fact... Since the law was passed on the bipartisan infrastructure bill, since that passage, which the Democrats said would, was the way out and the way to recovery, his ratings are down by four points. He's literally losing about a point a week, and, uh, and he must have the sensation of falling. Good for you. Let's go to John in Bergen County. How are you, John? Good afternoon, Mr. Morris. I just want to thank you for the 
information you provide us. The information on France's socialist experiment a few weeks ago and Good. today with Manchin's wife Good. is really, you get that nowhere else. I'd like to make Good. a quick point. The 86,000 agents, agents that they're going to hire will make that the largest enforcement agency in the world and basically double the federal um, enforcement force. And in true Alinsky-like fashion, the new IRS will be weaponized against its enemies, and that includes the moderate Democrats. And I think people really need to wake up to that. I uh, would love to hear your comments. Thank you so much, sir. Have a great day. Good. Well, thank you, John. And, and the point that I'm making, just to repeat it, is not just that this is going to harass people to get more money out of them. Uh, it is can be used easily as a political tool of coercion uh, because it is totally discretionary who they prosecute here. Uh Probably uh, only about 15, I think, percent of Americans now itemize their tax deductions. For those who don't itemize, they don't need to worry about audits. But for those who do itemize, they do. And the IRS can literally target any of those people. And we're not just talking here about targeting them for you need some extra money or pay your back taxes or something. We're talking about criminal prosecutions for willful evasion of taxes. The tax laws are so specific and so uh, so serious that you're literally putting people in the crosshairs. I'll tell you something. I'm afraid, uh, and everybody ought to be afraid. Uh, be, in fact, uh, I go a little crazy in, in, in not deducting anything. In fact, I want to file a short form, but they can't because when your income goes above a certain level, they won't let you file a short form. Uh, but th- this is really serious stuff. Let's go to Ted in Forest Hills. Hey, Ted. Yes, sir. I appreciate it very much. Does uh, anybody understand that China just said they have a nuclear weapon that can hit the United States? Uh, what well, they've had one. They've had one for 50 years that could hit the United States. Uh, they've always had the missile delivery system. What's new about what they've done is they have a hypersonic plane that can evade radar detection and deliver nuclear weapons, and that's new. But go ahead with your point. Your, your question you asked, told our screener, was that why are there police around high schools? Uh, was, Biden increased the uh, military budget, uh, armed forces budget, 2%, that that's going to defend us? Uh well, Biden, I don't think, will defend us, period. But uh, what was your question about three, about schools, high schools? Oh, that was uh, why uh, I went to Forest Hills High School. You know that very well. I think it's the best high school in the country. I don't care about Fox High School of Science. Why is there a police car in front of there? Well, there should be. There should be. In fact, there should be a police car, and there should be metal detectors in the schools and X-ray machines for people going in. The idea that we have school shootings in this country is totally outrageous. So horrible. And the left wants to use those shootings to promote gun control, which is absurd. The issue is not gun control. The issue is to stop them from bringing guns into the schools. Do we we protect airlines, airplanes against hijacking by gun control? Is that the way we do it? No. No. We x-ray everybody when they go in. We search them manually if it's necessary. And uh, we set off metal detectors. We x-ray their baggage. Do the same damn thing in high schools and have a cop car out there so that you can enforce it and you can stop someone who tries to sneak in anyway. Um, Philadelphia, 
screens every single person going into one of its high schools and has not had a school shooting in, in many, many years. We should be doing the same thing here. And one of the issues that drove me crazy in this campaign for mayor was all of the candidates, except Eric Abrams, except for Eric Adams, uh, said they wanted to remove the police from the high schools. Well, that's great. I said, how many kids did you kill today? You know, I mean, it's going to be literally that. And it was absurd that they thought they would do that. Uh, Let's go to Joe in the Bronx. How are you? Yeah, um, Mr. Morris, right, the metal detectors, that's really great in schools and stuff like that. They just do the crimes outside the schools. Um, the thing is, you, I heard you bringing up all these percentages and who's going to vote for who in two, three, four, five years from now. I, I totally believe that is total nonsense, that nobody knows for sure how anybody's going to vote. But I believe they're trying to use that to sell it on the people, lull them to sleep, and have them accept this invasion of America. Oh, they're going to vote Republican. That's nonsense. We've heard that for years now. They are not. The immigration has rebuilt the hard left, the Democratic Party. The facts are there. California might as well declare itself a foreign state. It's never going to go Republican again. It's finished. Illinois is finished. New York City, you saw the results. The people didn't care about the crime. They still voted for the hard left. They're going to try to sell this guy Adams. Hey, Joe, uh, thanks. I let you vent about that. But the fact is you're totally wrong. The fact is that the Hispanic vote in this country is flipping. If the Hispanic population were not what it is, we would never have carried Florida or Texas. Never. Uh, Those states have gone from blue to red, except for the fact that the Latinos are coming with us. Do you realize, Joe, we carried... The Rio Grande Valley, for God's sakes. We carried the Hispanic neighborhoods of Miami. Uh, absolutely, this is this is total nonsense. Um, oh, wow. Uh, we interrupt this broadcast uh, <laughs> for a special segment with Sean Spicer, my colleague at uh, Newsmax. <laughs> That's funny. That's quite the introduction there. Uh, yeah, how about that? Cameo. Breaking Good. breaking news. Yep, that's right. That's right. You know, Sean, I was thinking about your book that is absolutely wonderful. And oh, thank it, you. It really catalogs what this administration is trying to do to us. And the most important thing in it is the one house bills that have passed that we know that if we give them the second house, uh, all of this is going to go through right away. And uh, it's a dystopian picture. It's kind of a nonfiction version of Anne Rand's book. <laughs> I, I, you know what? The funny thing is, I've never thought about that. But that's why you, you you're you're good at so good at what you do. But I, you're, you're absolutely right. I, that was good. The funny thing is, it's been a, it's been a while since I've read that. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, and, and just for your for your audience, because you've been very kind with your with your support and praise for it, but it's called Radical Nation. It's out now. And and you're right. The whole idea is to give people an understanding. I like to say, like Dick, I like to say it's the big why. Like, in other words, all of these things that they're doing, I think, and I argue, are tied together. I think that, like, what the mistake that we make sometimes, and it's not that we make it, it's that the media, and I write two chapters on the book there, are so complicit in promoting these guys. Um but the, the reality is, is that it's not a bunch of a series of one offs like, oh, we're just going to pass this one yeah. uh, spending bill and we're going to do this. It really is all tied together 
to what I call on the, you know, that's why I call the book radical nation. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I think that like Biden gets it from the standpoint of, you know, you were the king of triangulation for a point, which was, Hey, how do you tell a president? Let's course correct. Let's make sure that we stem our losses. Let's message to, to acknowledge that we, where we want to be politically. This president, I think, knew exactly what you had done historically and said, screw it. I need to make sure that I cement a legacy like Clinton and Obama and, and all I'm, I'm these not guys, sure no matter he, where they – I'm not sure he did that, no, Sean. No. I just think he's, a, he's an idiot who is led around by the nose by the – But I, I think I, – I know, but, but I, see, here's the thing. I think that he knows he can't have a legislative accomplishment. So it's a bunch of like, I appointed the first woman. I appointed right, the first right, guy, you know, right. LGBT. Mm. So it's these, all these other people understood legacy from the standpoint of accomplishment. Right. If I get this done, I mean, Clinton understood if I get more people off welfare, if I can do this, yeah. Bush understood. I mean, they got, if you accomplish something great or big, you will be known for that. What Biden gets is if I appoint the first woman of color, if I appoint the first yeah. uh, LBGTQ person to lead a department, and for all mm. your listeners, I know that Rick Grinnell was the first to be in a cabinet, but he didn't lead a department, and that's where. But how, these guys look at those as accomplishments, how, not as how does, how does the as, accomplishments of double-digit right. inflation strike. Yeah, that's one. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I just want to introduce Sean. There might be some people that don't know who he is. Sean Spicer was Donald Trump's press secretary and uh, an integral in really building up this administration. And during the period when they were tarring and feathering Donald Trump <laughs> with this nonsense about the Russia scandal and the Russia collusion scandal. The guy who stood at the bow of the ship as it plowed through the ice of these fabrications into an icebreaker was Sean Spicer. He was great. By the way— You it, know, guys, can I just say one thing? I, I, and I don't know about either one of you personally how you, how you look at this, but— I always was asked when I left the White House, do you have any regrets? Do you have any blah, blah, blah? And I would always say to people, I'm not the kind of guy that has a ton of regrets. I, do, I, I think you improve. You make yourself better by watching things happen and saying, okay, how do I grow from that experience? How do I learn from it? But I don't regret things. I grow from them. But the, the, the point that you just brought up, Dick, I, for the last week I've had a hard time not – regretting how the press handled the Steele dossier. And I think about it in the context of what you just said, which is that if it hadn't been had it as it was, if they hadn't made a hoax up the way they did, if they hadn't perpetuated, what could have happened? If I hadn't stood at that podium every day and heard about Russia this, Russia that, what would have happened? Yeah. And, and I'm trying not to what do we, it. What we could have gotten to, done. I, that's right. Mm. If we right, hadn't exactly. weakened and the I have, president. I have a I, Fortunately, yeah, I weakening Donald Trump is a uh, no-win proposition, right. but yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I write about it in the book because on January 10th, I was the one who took the phone call from CNN, then BuzzFeed, that they had this unverified document that they were talking about. And it's funny, at the time, I had a security clearance. I had been in the room on January 5th with President Trump when he had gotten the briefing uh, from the intelligence chief. So I sat there and I... When Jake Tapper from CNN called and said, hey, we know we got handed this two-page dossier, blah, blah, blah. I said, that's not true. I was there in the room. The dossier wasn't done. Uh, and Tapper said, well, we're going with it anyway. And I yeah. told him, the funny part about this is Clapper and Comey have both backed up my version of this. But the, uh, the irony of this is that we proved it wrong from the outset, um, several things that were – 
Well, Sean, you and, I, the... you and I had a discussion uh, at Newsmax where I suggested to you that you spearhead a campaign to take the Pulitzer Prizes away yes. from these reporters that and you're, reported you know news you, that was totally the, inaccurate. You, mm. and, and you gave me the perfect analogy. And 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 because this is what Dick Morris does, he understands how to message things in a very concise, common sense way. And he said to, and what Dick said to me at the time was, he goes, if an athlete doped or cheated, they would strip the medals away. So why aren't we doing that? And it's so brilliant because it's true. Why are we not? Why are these organizations? If Sally Busby, the editor of the Washington Post, can go back and edit all of these stories and quote update, which is journalist speak for we screwed up, but we can't use the word screw up. Right. Then why are they not taking back the awards that they were issued yeah. for, quote, their relentless and tireless yeah, reporting? Absolutely. And then there were lots of Pulitzer's awards. And we have to understand the goal of the media is not so much to control the politics of the country as to win personal awards and accolades that build yep. their own career and their own egos and their own cachet at cocktail parties. And uh, exactly. this is this should be taken away from them. Well, this is an incredible book, uh, Sean. And uh, for those of you who've not read Atlas Shrugged, it's about what happens when the socialists completely take over a country. And you see piece by piece how incentives to produce are taken away. And you see things that, you know, couldn't happen in real life, like we cancel pipelines, we cancel oil drilling offshore, uh, we don't allow fracking, and as a result, we don't have any oil, and as a result, we have to go begging other countries for oil, and we can't produce enough products, and we have supply chain bottlenecks. You know, stuff that could never happen here oh, yeah, never. is explained in uh, Atlas Shrugged, and Sean Spicer explains how it's actually happening here. So get a copy of Radical Nation. It's it's it really should be on sale with, with fortune tellers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the lady says, "Come upstairs and I'll read your palm or I'll read your tarot cards." She should have a stack of Sean's books there. So that <laughs> you can buy them and get current full service uh, future telling. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for coming on. You bet, Dick. Thank you. Have Bye-bye. a great Sunday. And I get down the stairs. To the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. What is there about the price of gold going from 1740, 30 days ago, to 1860 today that you don't get? <laughs> uh, the The important thing is that when a price goes up like that, is it just happenstance? Is it just the market willing it? No, if it's real developments and real things that are happening that are likely to continue to happen, jump on the gravy train. Uh, Put some money into it and take a ride on that. Don't just watch it from afar. And uh, what's causing this is inflation. As the idea of inflation sinks in, people are flocking to gold and silver, and they're going to continue to flock. If you believe inflation is a one-time thing and is going away, keep your money under the mattress. But if you think inflation is here to stay and here to grow under this absurd president, uh, then you might consider gold and silver. So call the Patriot Gold Group at 800-356-4470. That's 800-356-4470. Let's go to Michael in New Jersey who has a good question. Hey, Michael. Mr. Morris. 
Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, you had uh, mentioned earlier um, that, you know, our erosion of the value of the dollar right. by, uh, I think you said, 12%. Um, 12% last year. Our yield on our investments, and that's not necessarily the case because if you're not converting your devalued dollars into foreign currencies to make purchases overseas, you're not necessarily seeing an erosion. Now, I know inflation's a well, problem. The, the, uh, the way the economists like to look at it is if the value of the dollar drops in ratio with the value of the yen and the euro and the pound, it's no problem because everybody's going down. Uh, it's like you don't see an airplane is going fast until you look at the uh, at the stuff whizzing by underneath you. Uh, but that's not how it works. Uh, the fact is that the that the devaluing of the dollar means you can buy less. You can buy less gas. You can buy less food. You can buy less of everything because the dollar basically a dollar is a matter of opinion. We it's no longer backed by gold. It's backed by an opinion that this will continue to buy a dollar's worth of stuff, and it's not, and it and it won't. So, what we talked about today, I think, is really important. We talked about the Rittenhouse verdict, and I made the point that this was the this is the end result of trying people for political offenses. Uh, this is more related to the Gulag than it is to the Black Lives Matter movement, prosecuting dissent which is really what we're talking about. And then we talked about the infrastructure bill, and I made two points that I think are really important. The first is that the growth of power that this gives the IRS, the 86,000 new agents, and the discretionary nature of their enforcement mandate, where they can go after everybody, really is going to be an incredible tool of political coercion, just like it was when Lois Lerner ban stop tax exemption from all of the conservative groups and didn't touch any of the left wing groups. Uh, this is not a revenue issue. This is a civil liberties, free speech, democracy issue. Uh, and particularly when you look at the leftist union that controls the IRS, uh, you see how terribly important it is. Uh, and we talked about the undisclosed bribe that is in this bill which is that it gives the media companies, large media companies, a, 25%, a 50% tax credit on any salary up to the first $50,000. So if they pay somebody 50, the government's going to subsidize them for 25000 of it. Uh, it's a subsidy and a payoff to the media. And why do you think the media is being so generous with Biden? Mm. Why do you think the media is up talking about how great this bill is? Because they are making money from it. Big money. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 